We begin the Gemara today, Davkuf Beis, Amit Beis. We're starting uh, five lines from the top of the Amud, where it says Gufa. Gufa, Omer Av Gidl, Omer Av. To bring back what we had before, Av Gidl said in the name of Rav, regarding Ashtar Tnoim, which is Kama Tnoisin Lebincha, Kach Vakach. So the Mechotanim are making an agreement regarding the marriage. Father of the Kala says, How much are you giving for your son? And he tells him the amount. The Kama Tnoisin Lebitcha, and how much are you giving for your daughter? Kach v'kach, this is the amount. So this is the agreement they made, verbally it seems here. Ondu v'kitshu, they got up and they got married. Kanu. So this verbal agreement takes effect. This is an agreement that takes effect even just verbally, even though usually you have to have a proper kinyan. But over here, because of the hanah that they have in the marriage, each one fully commits to this kinyan without an actual kinyan. So Rav says, It's logical, like Rav says, If it's speaking about a person that's marrying off his daughter, which is a naira, because the komati anali day. If he marries her off when she's a naira, as we learned earlier in the Masechta, the father is the one that receives the kes of Kedushin. So because he has this hanav, the money that he receives, so therefore whatever he says he's going to give for his daughter, he completely commits. But if it's his daughter, which is a begeres. After the age of 12 and a half. So he gets no money from the Kedushan here. So in such a case, when the father commits, he has no anna. So the commitment is not serious and definite until they actually make a Kenyan. However, Rav continues that I can swear, this is a Lashon of a Shvua here, that Omar Rav, that when Rav says that the Kenyan, the commitment takes effect, even without an actual Kenyan, Rav was saying this even if he's marrying off his daughter where he does not get money. She's a begeres. Because if you're not going to say so, the father of the son, the father of the chasen, when he commits to giving whatever it is for his son, so the father doesn't get any kesef kedushin there. And nevertheless, Rav said that the commitment is serious with even without a kinyan. So if so, we must say, the just with this Hanah, that his child, his son is getting married, and the same is also for the father of the Kala, the fact that their children are getting married, that's the Hanah that Gomri and Makni Dodi, that these Mukhutanim, the father, the Chasan, and the Kala, are completely giving, committing to what they give without a Kenyan, and it's, it's fully committed. So this commitment here, this is something that we could write down in a star and have Adam sign this. Meaning, the significance of this would be once you write it down in a star, now you give the ability to collect for this commitment even from a Shabbat, even from properties that were sold. But if this is a commitment that was just made verbally and it takes effect even without a Kenyan, but really this is not something that you can collect from a Shabbat. So, is this something that we're allowed to write down or not? said, No, we do not write this down. So it should not be collected from Mishabodim. So the question was asked on this from what it said in the Mishnah. Last line in our Mishnah, when it spoke about a father, or a husband rather, that made an agreement with his wife that he's going to feed her daughter for five years. So the Mishnah there said, The wise ones, if they don't want to feed this daughter, if they divorce their wife, so they would write into this agreement, I will feed your daughter for five years, but only as long as you're living with me.
So here in the Mishnah it says Kaisven, that they do write this down. So seemingly that means that this agreement is not just left verbally, but they write it down and with Adem signed properly. It says the Gemara, not necessarily. My Kaisven, when the Mishnah uses the expression of Kaisven, that they write this, Oimrim. The Mishnah means that if he's wise, he says this. He makes it clear verbally that he's only going to feed the daughter as long as he's living with his wife. Could you, would the Mishnah refer to something which is said verbally as something which is written? Answers the Gemara in, yes, we find this because Vatnan, we learned in another Mishnah earlier in the Masech, a person writes to his wife, I have no, no dealings, I have no rights in your Nechassim that you bring into the marriage. Vatani Rabchia said regarding that Mishnah, even though the Mishnah says Hakaisiv, that he writes this to his wife, but it doesn't mean Hakaisiv, it means that he says this to his wife. So we see the Mishnah uses the term Kaisiv, or over here Kaisvin, uh, or yeah, Kaisvin, even though it means Amira. Tashma, the Gemara brings that eye from another Brahsa, it says, Ain Kaisvin Shtar Edison and Isuin, you don't write the, the Ashtar for Edison and Isuin for marriage, Elamidash name. Only if both the husband and the wife, or the father of the husband, the father of the wife, both agree to this. So what do we see from this? But if both of them do agree to write, so this agreement between them is written down. My love, don't you think, what is this referring to? We're referring to this star that's made of here, that Rav Gidl Amarav spoke about. This agreement that Tnoim, that the Mechatan made, Verbally, and yet it says there that if they both agree, it could be written down. Answers the Gemara, Loit, Shtari, Edison, Mamish. There it's talking about a star that's used for the actual Kedushan itself. One of the ways to be in the Kaddish Isha is with a star. That's what it meant when it said Shtari, Edison, and Isun, the, the, the star for the marriage. And this is actually something that Rav Papa and Rav Shravya argued about. The Itmar, we learned the following Machlekis. A person writes the star for the Kedushin. So he writes the for the sake of this woman. But without her knowledge, without her awareness that it's being written for her. So is this okay? So Rabbe so and Avina say that this star is good to be used and she would be Mekadeshes for this. And Rabbi and Avina compare this to a get, just like by a get, the husband writes it without the knowledge of the, of the Isha, and he could use this get to be Megadasher. So the same thing is also, we compare Kedushin to Gedish, and we learn out from the Yatsev Ahaisa, that by Kedushin as well, you write a star that's going to be used for the Kedushin, and it doesn't have to be with the wife's awareness. Rav Papa Rav Sharavi Omri, but Rav Papa and Rav Sharavi both say, that she will not be Mukadeshes. Which means, if you're writing this star for Kedushin, so it has to be with the awareness of the Isha. And actually, Rashi explains in Kedushin that Rav Papa and Rav Sharavi also compare it to a get. Just like in the case of a get, it has to be with the das of the makna, the one that is selling or giving which in the case of a get, it's the husband that's giving away his wife that belonged to him. So now he's giving her away her independence. So it has to be written with his das, with his knowledge and awareness. The same is also with the shtar used for Kiddushin, where it's the uh, wife, which is the makna. She's being makna herself to her husband. So it has to be written with her, her awareness. So this Mishnah that we quoted before, this Braisa we quoted before, that you can write a shtar, midas shneem, is like Rav Papa and Rav Shravi's opinion. Toshimat, Gemara brings another ayah going back to what it said in our Mishnah before, that when a person made an agreement that he's going to feed this daughter that his wife had from, from an earlier marriage, uh, he's going to feed her for five years, and then the Mishnah says, Mesu, if any of these husbands that made this agreement passed away, Binoiseya and their own daughters, 
They get fed from the chasim and from the properties that are there available by the Yarshim, not any properties that were sold off. But However, this daughter that he made the, the agreement with his wife, it's, it's her daughter that she brought him from a previous marriage, and he made an agreement with her that he's going to feed her, she could actually collect money for this agreement even from properties that were sold off. Why is this? Because she's like any anyone that money is owed to them and they're coming with a star and they can collect even from properties that were sold. So we clearly see over here regarding this agreement that the husband made to feed his daughter that collect, she's treated like a bal and she can write, it's written in a star and she can come and collect from Mishabadim. So how could Ravashi before say that we don't write this? Answers the Gemara, so in the Mishnah we must say the case is when the Mishnah says that she can make, uh, she can go ahead, that is, and collect from the Chasim Yishubadim, that's because there was a Kenyan made. The, the, the wife made a Kenyan from her, from her husband that he'll have the commitment to feed the daughter. It was made properly with a star, with a Kenyan, and therefore she can collect from the Chasim Yishubadim. If this is true, that a Kenyan is made, so why should we say the same for his own daughters? That he made a Kenyan, he made a Kenyan for his wife's daughter, so he probably made a Kenyan for his own daughters as well, that he's going he's gonna to feed them after he passes away, they'll be able to take and get fed, and, and they should be able to get even from the Chassam Meshavadim, not only from the Chassam B'nei Chayrin. Right, so a person's, let me just clarify, as we'll see soon in the Gemara here, when it comes to a person's own daughters, really this is a tnai in the, in the Ksubah, that he has to feed them, that they have to get fed, that is, after he passes away. But if we're saying that he especially made a Kenyan for his wife's daughter, so why wouldn't we assume that he also made a Kenyan for his own daughters, that they'll be fed? Says the Gemara, The Kenyan was actually only made for his wife's daughter, but the Kenyan was not made for his own daughters, that they're going to be fed. Says the Gemara, my Paske, and why are you d- d- splitting it this way? H- how do you know to say that he only made a Kenyan for his wife's daughter that he took upon himself to feed, but not his own daughters that he's obligated to feed? If he made a Kenyan, he probably made a Kenyan for both. Why are we splitting this? So the Gemara answers, Ihi Dahavoy Bishas Kenyan. This daughter that his wife brought into the marriage, she had already a daughter from before, so she was there when they got married. So therefore we can say that when she made the agreement with him, she made the agreement to be firm, solid with a, with a Kenyan. So therefore, Mahani La Kenyan. So that Kenyan that was made at that point to feed her daughter that she brings into the marriage, takes effect. But his own daughters that he gave birth to later with his wife, that they have to be fed if he passes away. They were not yet born at the time when he got married to her and he made an agreement and he made a Kenyan at that point. So so for them, the Kenyan would not work. They're born later. Says the Gemara, well, how do you know that they're actually born later? There is actually a possibility that even his own daughters are alive at the time when he marries his wife. How would that be? Would our Mishnah also not be speaking about, since our Mishnah doesn't make any clear distinctions about this, so can't we say that our Mishnah would even include the following case, that his own daughters are alive at the time when he marries his wife. How could that be? What's the case here? He married his wife, and then he divorces her. He has children with her, he has his daughters that he, that, 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 with her, with his wife, and then he divorces her. And Vahadra. And now he's remarrying her. And this would be a case where he has, there's a daughter that his wife had from a previous marriage and he's making an agreement and a Kenyan for that daughter to feed her. And also his own daughters are now already alive 
and that Kenyan should be for his own daughters as well, that he's obligated to feed them. And if so, he should be obligated to feed them even from the Chassam Shabbatim, because a Kenyan should be for both of them. Why are we saying that he only made a Kenyan for his wife's daughter and not for his own daughters? Elah, so the Gemara says, you're right, it is possible that his daughters are alive and around at the time of the Kenyan. Elah will have to say, Ihi, the lesser Betnai Bezdin, his wife's daughter, that's not included in the condition of the Bezdin, meaning the condition of Aksuba that you have to feed her. So therefore, Mahani Lo Kenyan, the Kenyan, the agreement and a Kenyan that he makes with his wife to feed her daughter takes effect for her and will be obligated because of this Kenyan. So therefore, she can collect from the Chassam Mishabadim. However, his own daughters, he has to feed them because of a condition from the Bezdin, because of the obligation of the Ksuba. So therefore, So whatever Kenyan he wants to make additionally to obligate to feed them does not take effect. Says the Gemara, Migra Gara, one second. Just a moment, let me see. So the Gemara asks the question, Migra Gari, should they be any worse off? The, the, these uh, daughters that there's a Knai Bezdin, this is a, because of the Ksobe, that he must feed them. Should I say that the Kenya should not take effect for them? Why not? Why should they be any worse off? Adarab, if anything, they're in a stronger position. He's anyways obligated to feed them because of the Tnai Bezdin. Now he wants to additionally add a Kenyan to that, to strengthen his obligation, and they should be able to collect from the Choshim Mishubadim, that is, from even properties that are sold. Why uh, should, the, should the Kenyan not take effect for his own daughters? Allah, so therefore the Gemara gives a different explanation for why the Kenyan would not be acceptable for his own daughters. The nice of his own daughters, high in the time of the reason why a Kenyan that he makes will not then allow them to go and collect from the Chosim Mishubadim, Kivin the Isnu B'tnai Bezdin, since he already has this obligation from the Ksuba, from B'tnai Bezdin, that he has to feed them, Eimer, I would say, it's Rari at Vesinu. He probably already put aside for them, possibly he put aside for them a bundle of money to, to get fed from this. So therefore, when they want to come to a buyer that has the Chosim Mishubadim to collect from the Mizainas, the buyer will say, we don't trust the fact that you deserve this, because probably the father, your father already put aside for you a bundle of money. Therefore, they cannot go to the Nechassim Mishabadim. But they still could collect from the Nechassim B'nei Chayrin, as long as we don't know where that bundle of money is, they could collect from the Nechassim B'nei Chayrin. However, regarding the agreement he made with his wife to feed her daughter, which is not part of this agreement in the Ksobe, there is no concern that he put aside specially a bundle of money for them, and therefore, they could collect from the Nechassim Mishabadim. When you have two husbands that this woman married, and each one of them obligated to feed her daughter for five years. So the first one shouldn't say that as long as the mother of this girl was living with me, then I'm obligated to feed her. But now that the mother of the girl went and got married to someone else, and the expression that the mission actually uses is that... um, he cannot, the husband can't say, I will not feed her because she's already divorced, she got remarried to someone else. The husband, the first husband, has to bring the food that he's obligated to, to, uh, to feed to the place where the mother is. So now, this Lashon the Gemara says, What this Lashon is teaching me is, it's Bas, it's Alima. That the mother, where does the daughter go to? The daughter goes together with the mother. Because it says he has to bring the food to the place where the mother is. It doesn't say bring the food to the place where the girl is together with the brothers. 
She has other brothers perhaps, and maybe we would think that if the mother gets divorced, so now the, the, the daughter goes and lives together with her brothers, not together necessarily with the mother, but over here it says you bring it where the mother is. So we see that she goes and lives with the mother, not with her brothers. So the Gemara explains, or the Gemara actually asks, Mimai, how do you know when, the, when it says this, that the daughter is together with the mother, how do you know the big daylaskinam? That that includes even a daughter which is a gedayla. Dilma b'ketanaskinam. Maybe this that it says that the daughter joins the mother is only if she's very young and she needs to be with her mother. A ketana. And that the Gemari will explain actually because of a terrible story, a tragedy that happened. Because of the following story that happened. The Tanya will learn in a person passed away. If someone passes away. And there's a young son that is left there with her mother. Yerushayaav, the inheritors of the father, which essentially means the brothers of this young child, say, "Oimrim, Yehegat Latzleinu, let him be raised, let him grow up with us. We'll take care of him." Vimayimadis, but the mother says, "Yehei no, I want to raise my child. Let the son be with me. Who has the right to take this young son with them?" So Manicha Noisa Etzalimai, we leave the young son with the mother. And we do not allow this young child to grow, grow up together with the siblings, the ones that inherit the father. And the Gemara says, or the Braista says, there was once an incident that the young child went to be raised together with the brothers. Erev Harishan. That's uh, the, the Rashi Tevis here. And they went and they slaughtered him. They killed this child because they wanted to get his portion of the inheritance. So they killed him. Terrible tragedy. So because of this, we don't allow the child to go together with the siblings, but with the brother. With the mother, that is. But that's only regarding a katan or a katana. So maybe in our Mishnah as well, when it says that the daughter goes with the mother, that's only in a case of a katana. How do you know that it would be with a gedayla as well? Says the Gemara, because Im Cain, if that would be the case that we make such a distinction, so listeni lumoka im shihi. Let's let the Mishnah say that the father has to bring the food that he promised to, to feed her wherever she is. If she's a katana, she would be with the mother. If she's a gedayla, she could be with her siblings. Which is, it should use more of a plain language like this, because we don't for sure know that she was with the mother. Depends if she's a gedayla or a katana. My lumokim shima. Why does the Mishnah just say? that she goes where the mother is and the father is bringing the food where the mother is and the mission makes no distinction G'dayla Ketana just says with the mother Shamit Mina from this we learn Bas Eitzalaim that the daughter goes with the mother Leishna G'dayla Leishna Ketana doesn't matter if she's a G'dayla or, or a Ketana she always goes with the mother the next thing it said in the Mishnah was, So these two husbands, that obligated themselves to the wife that they're going to feed this daughter of hers for five years. And now one of them cannot come and say that I'm going to feed her and the other one uh, doesn't have to feed her at all. So the Mishnah says that, or they're going to both feed her together. Each one is going to give their percent. But rather it says one has to feed her and then the other one has to give money, the, the value of the food that he would have to feed her, that he obligated himself to feed her. Gemara brings a story here. There was an individual, that rented a meal for his friend to, to grind with it. Now, as we'll see here in the continuation of the story, the agreement here of this rental was not that the renter is paying for this rental, but rather he's going to do all the work of grinding for the owner of, the, of this mill, and that will be his payment for, for this rental. Now, what happened in the end, the atter. This, this owner of this mill that rented it out became rich. And therefore, Zavon Echayev he bought his own mill and his own donkey that's used to pull around and to, 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 to grind. So now, Malay, so he says to the renter, Adid, no, Habatachinana, Gabach. 
Until now, I didn't have a second meal for myself, so you were the grinding for me, and that was your uh, payment. But now that I have my own, so I don't need you to grind for me, but instead, pay me, pay me money for this rental. So the renter said, no, I don't have money to pay. I'm not ready to pay you. I'm ready to continue like our agreement was till now. I'm going to grind for you. That's it. But I'm not ready to pay cash. So the question is, who's right over here? Does the, does the owner have the right at this point to say that I want you to pay me cash? So thought to say, This is exactly what we see in the Mishnah. When you have the two husbands that are obligated to feed this girl, so one has to give food, and the other one's gonna have to give money because she already has food. So the other one has to give money. So both of these husbands cannot say that each one together will give our percent and feed her. One will feed her, and Banash that she has food, and the other one will have to give her money, the value of this mezainus. So here as well, if this owner now has his own mill to grind his own wheat, so now the renter does not grind for him, but the renter is going to have to pay money as well. Amalei Ravavide answered and said, no, we can't learn from our Mishnah. Midami, how can you compare? Hasam, in the case of our Mishnah, for sure the second husband would have to give cash. Because chad She's one person with one stomach and if she has food and she's eating already, so what's the point of giving her more food? The food should spoil. So therefore the second husband will have to give her money, the value of what he promised to feed her. But hocha, over here, however, the renter can say as follows. I want to stick to the agreement. And therefore, Matzi Amale, he says to the owner, you have your own mill. So you go ahead and use it to grind and sell to others. And then you bring what you need to grind by me and I'll grind for you and that you keep. So we can still work it out that we're going to keep the agreement and there'll be no loss involved over here. So the Gemara says, however, this halacha, v'loya maram, this claim, this argument that the renter says is only in the case, Ella de Leslie If the renter has nobody else to grind for, so this would be a major loss for him if now he has to pay cash and his biggest customer, which is the owner himself that he was grinding for, he doesn't have to grind for him anymore. So therefore for him it would be a big loss. So therefore you could say, I don't want to go out of our agreement. But if anyways the renter has other people that he would be busy with grinding for them and he can make the money from them and then pay cash to the owner. So then, in such a case, since there's absolutely no loss to him to pay cash to the owner as he's demanding, in such a case, it'd be like not to want to pay cash if there's anyways no loss to you. It's only a benefit for the owner. It's and you have no loss anyways. You have other customers that you can grind for them. And Almana that comes and says, Now, of course, we know one of the agreements or one of the obligations in Aksubi is that after a husband passes away, the Almana gets fed, as we learned many times in the Mesechta. Now, this Almana comes and says, I do not want to move out from my husband's home. So the inheritors cannot come and say to her, you go, move out, live with your father. We want to live here in this home. And we're going to feed you over there. They can't say that to her. They have to feed her here in her husband's home. And they have to give her a place to live here in the husband's home according to her honor. Amrav, she says, If she's the one that says in the reverse, No, I want to go back to my father's home and I'm not going to move from there. 
Here the Yershim can say to her, If you're living here with us, So then you'll be fed here. If you're not living with us, if you're going back to your father's house, You're not going to have anything, you're not going to be fed. And the Gemara will explain why. Now if her argument why she wants to go back to her father's house is because she's saying she's still young and and the children that are in the home, the inheritors, which are, as the Shainim say, we're talking about a case that these inheritors are not her children and she's young and they're young living in the same home and now she's single. So she doesn't want to live as a single woman together with them. It's inappropriate. So then that's a good argument. So Zan and Isa, we will feed her and she's in her father's home. We learned in Abraisa. She could live in the dwelling in her father's in her husband's home, that is, the same, and she uses everything just like in her husband's lifetime. The servants, the maids, just like she used them in her husband's lifetime. Pillows and blankets, like in the husband's lifetime. The Klikesev, all the different dishes and the Kalim. Gold, silver, like in the husband's lifetime, because shekach cost of law. This is the uh, obligation that he writes into the Ksuber. You're going to live in my home, and you'll be fed from my possessions. All of the days that you live as an almana in my home. So, therefore, that includes everything that she uses there in the home. However, Rav Yasef said, there's, there's a diak here in the language of the agreement of the Ksubbe, that's only if there's a large home and there's space for her and for all the children to live there. But not in a very small hut and there's no space for her and the children to live there together. So in such a case, the children are the ones that live her and she's going to have to move out. Go ahead and sell the father's home that passed away. And now she, they sold it. What's going to happen now? She's going to have to move out. So the Gemara says, The sale is null and void. What's the difference from what Rabasi said in the name of Rabbi Yechenen? That... If you say him, so the halacha regarding a Yerusha is that usually only the sons inherit and the daughters do not inherit. However, the the possessions of a person that passes away are used to feed the, the daughters as well. But if there's very little money, there's not enough for the daughters to be fed and for the sons to inherit, so then only the daughters are the ones that get fed from this property and the, the sons don't get any inheritance. But how about in such a case when there was very little and this was all designated just to feed the girls and the Yusayimim, the sons, went along. They went and they, they sold these properties to somebody anyways. After the fact, once it's sold, it's done, it's sold. And the, the daughters can't come and take it out from the buyer and say this was supposed to be for us, for the Mazinus. So why do we say that over there after the fact the sale is in effect? And over here, when the Alman is supposed to live in the home, after you say him sell it, we say the sale is null and void. Says the Gemara, there's a difference. Over there, the Shibud of these uh, properties of these Chasim used to feed these daughters does not begin in the lifetime of the father, only after he passes away. So over there, but the Yavad, if it's sold, it's sold. Over here, the Shibud of the, of the father or the husband to the wife that she lives in his home is from his lifetime already. Shibud begins before. Or actually, somebody shine him say she was already living there from before. So therefore, if they sell it afterwards, she's already there before them. And therefore, the Nacher the does not take effect.
Omar Abaya Abaya said, Nakitinon. We accepted the following Allah, Mother Almana Shinofal. If the home that Almana is living in collapsed, so now Ena Yershin Chayavon of Noisa. The Yershin are not obligated to rebuild it. That's it. Now the Shibud to have her live in the husband's home is, is over. Tanya Namayach, we learned this in Abrais as well. Mother Almana Shinofal, the home of Almana that collapsed, Ena Yershin Chayavon of Noisa, they're not obligated to rebuild it. And Veloyoid, not only this, Allah Fili Hiyamedis, Hani Chuni Vevnana Mishali, even if she says, allow me to go and build it with my own money, and Shaymalah, we don't listen to her. The obligation for her to live there is, is over. By Abaye, Abaye asked the question, Shipta Mai. What happens if this is a house that's in very bad condition and it could only stand for another year or so? And now she goes and she refurbishes it or she strengthens the home and it's going to last now for another 20 years. What's the halacha? Do we say that she only has the right to live there for one year as long as this home would naturally stand in its state that it's now? Or do we say that now that she remodeled it or she, she fixed it up, now she can live there as long as the home will stand? Teiku, this remains unresolved. Amrad, it said in the Mishnah, if she says, EFSHI, that I don't want to live here, I want to go to my father's home and I want to be fed there, so the Yisayimim do not have to feed her there. Why don't they not have to feed her when she's living there in her father's home? And so says the Gemara, this proves what Ravuna had said. Ravuna said, The bracha in a home is the more people there are in the home, the more mazel there is and the more bracha there is in the home. So when she leaves the home, she's taking away from the bracha of the home and therefore she can't be fed by, by, by her taking away this bracha. So she's not going to be fed. Only if she's here with them and she brings the bracha in, then she's fed also. Says the Gemara, okay, so she's taking away a certain measure of the bracha by leaving, but v'leis v'loh l'fi berches abayis. So let's give her, even if she wants to move out to live in her father's home, let's at least give her with a lower percent because she's leaving, but let's at least give her something to, to be fed over there. Why should we take away completely all the mezainas of her? Says the Gemara, hachanami, yes, that's actually true. That when the Mishnah says we don't feed her, we don't feel the full amount that she would get when she's here in the husband's home, but we do give her less accordingly because she's leaving. Amar Ravuna, Ravuna said, Loshin Chachamim, from the language of the Chachamim, in other words, from different halachas that Chachamim taught us in the Mishnah, Brache, we could see uh, how you get a Brache, Loshin Chachamim, from what the Chachamim teaches us, Aisha, you can see how to be rich, Loshin Chachamim, from what the Chachamim teaches us, Marpa, you can see how to heal yourself. Brache, where do you see a halacha in a Mishnah that teaches you how to get a Brache? Hodamara, halacha we just said, if the, if the wife wants to move out, we don't feed her accordingly the, the way we would have if she was living here. So we learn from our Mishnah that only if she lives here and there's a lot of people in the home, it brings more bracha. Aisha, where do we see uh, uh, how a person would be rich? We learned in the Mishnah, a person sells fruits to someone, to his friend. If he did a Mishiche, which is the Kenyan, the act of the Kenyan, but he didn't measure the amount of fruits, the Kenyan is, is in effect. But if he measured the amount of fruits that are here, but he did not do the act of the Meshiche, the king does not take effect. So if that's too much of a tircha for him now, so the mission says, if he's smart, what does he do? Just if you're on your friend's property, you can't do Meshiche when you're on the seller's property. So just have an agreement with him that you're renting that area right now to be able to be kind it as your chatzar, as your space. And then it'll become yours even without the actual Kenyan Meshiche. So the person paid for it already and he wants it to become his. So if he's smart, he, 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 is, he uses it now as his domain and he's kind of it that way. So here the Mishnah is giving you good advice how to be rich, how to be kind of something when it's difficult for you.
Marpeh, where do you see Allah in the Mishnah that teaches you something that's a healing? It's not in the Mishnah that says, A person should not chew wheat and then place it on a wound on Pesach. Because the saliva can cause the, the kernels of the wheat to become chametz. So we see here from this Mishnah that this is actually something that causes healing. It's just telling you not to do it on Pesach. So you learn a Marpeh from the Mishnah. When Rabbi passed away, Omari said, I need my children. His children came into him, he told them as follows, Be careful with your mother's honor. There should always be a candle burning on his place. The table should always be set by his place. His bed should be prepared in, in, uh, in her place. And then he added also, Yosef Chofni and Shimon Afrasi, these two individuals, they served me in my lifetime, and they will also serve me when I pass away. Okay, so the Gemara over here will explain all the different things that Rabbi said. This is a very famous Gemara, as we'll see soon, that Rabbein HaKadosh is saying this because he came even after his lifetime to make Kiddush in his home. The Rebbe quoted this Gemara and brought this after Yudshvat, speaking about the Friedrich Rebbe's life continuing even after, uh, after Yudshvat, this uh, famous Gemara here. So this means not a Begashmis, it means also Beruchnis, the Ner Dalok and the Shulchan and the Mittes, the various different things about the life of Rebbe that continue on even later. That's uh, the context, the way the Rebbe quoted this. Okay, we'll see soon in the Gilyan Ashast, there's a very famous Sefer Chesidim on this Gemara. But let's see the continuation here. So the Gemara says, what did he tell them? Be careful with his mother's honor. So the Gemara asks, why does he have to warn his children about this? This is an obligation. You have to honor your father and mother. So, that's a, and what do we... So, um, so yeah, so this is Menatayra. So the Gemara answers, Eishis Av Havoy. This was not their mother. This was actually just his another wife of his that he said that they should honor. Says the Gemara, but Eishis Avicha is also Menatayra. Nami Daira We also learned this out from the pasuk here. The Tanya, as we learned in the Brisa, when it says Kaved Es Avicha Vesimecha Es Avicha, it says the word Es Zu Eishis Avicha. This includes also to give honor to your father's wife. Vesimecha. When it says that means your mother's husband as well, you should honor. And then when it says an extra this comes to include to give honor to your older brother. So this is also So then why does Rabbi have to warn them about this? Says the Gemara, no. This that a person has to give honor to his father's wife, that's in his lifetime. After he passes away, there's no obligation to give her any honor. That's why Rebbe was an ex- exceptionally saying to them that no, they should give her honor. Says the Gemara Vaiter, Rebbe said, What's the reason for this? Why have everything prepared for Rebbe? My time. Says the Gemara, because call Bei Shimshi. Every Friday night, Rebbe would come home. Make Kiddush at home and here. Let's take a look what it says in the Gilean Ashas. You have it on the side of the page. He brings from the Sefer Chsidim. He's, he was dressed in a Shabbos clothing. 
Not only would he make Kiddush, but he would pat everyone else. This is a huge Kiddush. Not like a person that passes away that's not obligated in mitzvah. So if you're not obligated, you can't be mighty someone else. But Rabbi would be mighty everyone else. Because tzaddikim, even after they pass away, they're alive. And therefore they could pat someone else with Kiddush. Unbelievable. Okay, so continuing inside the words of the Gemara. So he would come home every Friday night. There was one Friday night. There was a neighbor that came and was knocking on the door. So the maid in the home said, Be quiet, the Rebbe Yosef, Rebbe sitting here. Since the neighbor heard this and he became known, So Rebbe didn't come anymore. And the reason is that there shouldn't be, people shouldn't say a bad rumor about earlier tzaddikim that they did not have this permission to do something like this, to come back to their homes after they passed away. So therefore, Rebbe stopped coming. Then the Rebbe said, They served me in my lifetime. They should serve me when I pass away. So, the Gemara says, in the beginning they thought what Rebbe meant by this is, that they meant in this world, meaning that they served me when I passed away, in my lifetime, and they will not serve me after I pass away, which means, as Rashi says, that they will be the ones to take care of my burial. But what happened... Since people saw that what happened, that they passed away first, even before Rebbe, and their burial was before Rebbe's, Omris and I, everyone said, that what did Rebbe mean? What this means is, Rebbe meant to say that in that world, in the world of Ganeidim, they're going to be there with Rebbe to serve him. The reason why Rebbe had to let this be known before he passed away, that they're going to be serving him. Why does everybody have to know about this? So people shouldn't instead speak bad about these two servants of his. People are going to say there was something bad that these two people did. And the only reason that they remained alive till now, the only reason they remained alive is because they were serving Rabbi. As soon as Rabbi passes away and they don't have this chus of Rabbi, they died as well. So Rabbi didn't want anyone to say anything bad about these people, so he made it clear that they're passing away before him because they actually are going to serve him even in Shemayim. Amar Lahan, Amar Lahachmi Yisrael. Uh, now Rebbe continues okay this is uh, another c- continuation of what Rebbe said before he passed away that he needed the Chachme Yisrael and this is a, a long continuation here the rest of the Gemara we'll learn in Metz next time